from the Tulsa world. This is the OSU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Dean Rule and Jawan Lee. Season 3, Episode 9 of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. Jawan Lee joined again for the second time this week with my co-host, Dean Rule. And we have conference play this week, so... I would like to say it's an exciting time, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people are still worried about this team heading into their game against Iowa State this weekend. But how are you feeling this week, Dean? I was going to say, I think uh, quite a few people are not excited that it's conference play. They they might like one more <laughs> non-conference game um, to get some of the issues sorted out. But if if you're OSU and you get to start conference play against Iowa State, that's a pretty good draw. Um all things considered with with how the Big 12 is kind of shaping up through the through the first couple of weeks of the season. Right. So, you know, to elaborate on that a little bit. So Iowa State opened the season with a 30 to 9 win over Northern Iowa, lost their their last two games against Iowa and Ohio. So, you know, this is a team that's kind of limping into conference play. And with Oklahoma State coming off a loss, you would like to think that OSU kind of gets their act together this season. I mean, this weekend. But how do you think the two sides kind of match up with each other? Yeah, that's not that's not Ohio State they lost to. That is Ohio University. Right. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, I, I think and we'll have a I'll have a story on this. It's it's Thursday afternoon now, so probably by the time you guys are listening, we'll have it up on the site. But Juan, in pretty much every aspect of offensive play, these two teams rank 13th and 14th in uh, in the Big 12. These are two offensives that have not found their groove, um, and they're each dealing with their own. The, the, the reasons are both very different, but these are not great offenses um, up to this point in the season. The numbers support that. The production supports that. All everything you look at is not ideal. Um, but yeah, I think OSU when you when you look at it, this is an opportunity for them to. You're you're going in. OSU is playing a in a tougher place to play, right? There's always something always is happening up in Ames. Um, but this, this is a chance to kind of reset rebound and and hit the bye week with just a hair you know be able to catch your breath as you head into the bye week now the final the final time or the previous time that these two sides faced off was last year november 12th where oklahoma state was able to pull out a 20 to 14 win over iowa state a lot more questions surrounding this team heading into this weekend i mean we heard earlier in the week that Yes, indeed, that the Cowboys are sticking with their three quarterback rotation. Do you see th- that this is the game that we kind of finally start to see some quarterbacks separate from each other? I know earlier you touched on, well, in the previous episode that you touched on, that this is the final game that they need to be doing a three quarterback rotation. Do you feel this is the game where we're finally starting to see some separation between the the three people at quarterback? Yeah, and, and even in that game last year, they went into the fourth quarter trailing, and they needed um, a not one hundred percent healthy Spencer Sanders to step in in the fourth quarter and and win that game for them. Uh, and the defense made some plays too. But point being, that that was on Spencer Sanders last year. You don't have that advantage anymore. 
Um, but point being, I'm sorry, Joan, I'm blanking. What, what, what did you ask? Yeah, no, it's all good. I was just asking, do you feel this is the game where we finally start to see some separation between these quarterbacks? Yeah, I think you need to see separation. You, if you're OSU, there has to be some level of separation between these three guys. Um, and maybe that's, you don't play, you don't evenly split into thirds. Maybe this is the game where you finally say, okay, maybe um, this guy plays the whole first half and then we'll see where he's at and then we'll we'll adjust as we go. I think, you know, this offensive staff is paid the amount of money they're paid to be able to distinguish and separate who the number one guy is. And that is what needs to happen. Um, and you can look across the board and you can say, well, this guy's better in this aspect and this guy's better in this aspect. And he kind of struggles in this, but he's really good in this. But you got to pick one. And I think you can have, you can get creative with it, Juwan. Um, I, I think OSU's kind of been successful when they think outside of the box. And so I think you can have packages where you say, Okay, here's the situation. Here's what we need. Um, Alan Bowman does that the best. Or this is what's going on. We need to do this real quick. Garrett Rangel is the best there. Or Gunnar Gunny or whatever. I think you can do that and be successful. But I think you, you OSU needs to decide. Here's the number one guy. He is going to play the majority of the game. But... If needed, these other two can step in and do this because they're exceptionally well at this. And I think when they do that, the offense is maybe going to... It'll be easier for that offense to kind of hit a groove that it's not been able to do through these first three games. And that leads into my next question, and I touched on it on our previous podcast, that I felt that the quarterback battle is kind of coming down to... Alan Bowman and Gunnar Gundy. Now, if you feel differently, please, you know, elaborate on the point. But when I hear that they're still sticking with three quarterbacks, that lets me know that there's they still see something in Garrett Rangel there. So from your perspective, what is actually preventing them from just going with two quarterbacks? You play the first half. I play the second half. I think a big part of it is is the transfer portal, right? And this is why they're doing it in the first place is – you want to give everybody their their fair shot, their ample opportunity to prove what they can and can't do. And from there, you create a depth chart. And, you know, this is going on at more than just quarterback um, on OSU's roster. It, quarterback draws the most attention because that's the position that always gets the most attention. Right. But, you know, that that's why this is at least – from, from my understanding, that's why this is going on. But I think it's hard to, when you're only giving somebody, I, I think it's, it's what they've done with it is okay. And yeah, you, you know, you like you said right there, Juwan, oh, you know, Alan Bowman and Gunnar Gundy are probably the two. I think we could probably put out a Twitter poll today, Friday, and Saturday. And each of those polls would end with one of the three, like we put out the poll. <laughs> Garrett Rangel is, you know, you say, who, who do you want as your starting quarterback? 
fans would probably vote Garrett Rangel. He'd get the most votes on Thursday, and then Gunnar Gundy would get the most on Friday, and <laughs> Alan Bowman would get the the most on on a on Saturday, right? So there's a lot of different. Everybody's going to have their opinion and what they feel is correct, but it needs to be decided soon. I, I just, just point blank, no matter what, needs to be decided soon. Um, you know, I, I think almost in retrospect, you kind of have to wonder if you, if your OSU were through three games and you've split it evenly into thirds. So in a way, everybody's played a full game. All three of them have played a full game. And I guess if you, if you just kind of do the quick math there, but I wonder if your OSU, would you have had better results and better numbers and game tape had you just let each guy start a different game and play the full game? You know, what what, mm. what would this look like if you had Alan Bowman play the entire game against Central Arkansas and then you had Gunnar, Gunnar Gundy play the entire game against Arizona State and you had Garrett Rangel play the entire game against South Alabama or however you want to divide that up. But to me, I, I think if I were OSU and I knew this is what we wanted to do, would that have given you a better sample size or better kind of understanding of what you have had you let them play the full game instead of constantly trading them out? Because then I think I think the one element they're missing in this whole equation is just how do these guys look when they hit their groove? Mm. It's you know right. we, we talk about it a lot. You know, the first drive the guy comes out, eh, you know he's okay or he looks good, and then the second drive, eh, not that great, and then third, oh maybe he's getting there, and then fourth drive, oh he looks good, and then psh, he's pulled out. Right, right. More often than not, that's how it's gone through these first three games, and I'd be curious to see what those numbers would have looked like. And I get all those opponents are different, and they have different talent levels, and the defenses are different, but what would it have looked like had, had they done it that way? From your perspective, and this uh, this can be the final thing we touch on with the quarterback positions, and then we can move on to, to some other matchups going into Saturday, but do you still feel that this is an equal quarterback battle? Like, going into Saturday, do all three of these quarterbacks have an equal chance to still display something where they can earn the starting role? would assume so um because they're keeping everybody around i think the moment they lost would have been the moment you have to say okay time to get serious about this no not not to say they haven't been serious about it up to this point but after osu loses to south alabama i would have thought if you're gonna cut somebody out now is the time to cut them out because if anything that South Alabama game said kind of showed this needs to be figured out. Um, and the fact that they, that it appears they're not going to do that um, makes, makes me just assume that this is what they're going to be going with that. Yeah. Everybody's got that equal chance. Earlier in the week, you had a article about Preston Wilson and some of the frustrations that this offensive line has dealt with this season. I mean, talking about that they need to improve on on a lot through three games in. And when you go into Saturday, because this is a position group that obviously affects the quarterbacks and the running backs. And we we've touched at <laughs> we touched at nauseum about how much this run game needs to improve. But 
how do you feel this offensive line matches up against Iowa State's defensive line? And what would you like to see from this position group um, that kind of signifies some improvement as we get deeper into conference play? I mean, yeah, the the simplest thing that they can do is they need to create space. They need to create space for a quarterback because none of these quarterbacks are really runners. They need to create space for that quarterback to have a pocket, to have a cushion, to, to make the throw and let the play develop. They need to create space for the running backs to, to you know, I think if I'm an OSU fan, I would look at what, that what the offensive line was able to do in the fourth quarter against Central Arkansas. They were able to get a lot of push, create space, and all three of OSU's running backs have kind of proven that if they're given space, they're they're shifty enough to to move around and make a play. And that's that's why when when we talk about the run game, I don't think it's necessarily on the running backs being unable to make a play. I think it's they don't even have the opportunity. From when that ball is snapped, there's no opportunity for them to 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 really, you know, be explosive. And I think I think if pros use offensive line, um they need to yeah, they need to create space, they need to get push off the line. And you, the, they cannot be going backwards, one, and they've done that quite a bit um, through these first three games. And yeah, with that article, I mean, this was an area that they that OSU felt they really improved upon this offseason. And three games in, uh, it doesn't look great. It does not look like they're there. Um, and I don't know at what point in the season you you would look at it and say, okay, there is not going to be any improvement. This is just what they are. I don't know at what point in the season you say that, but um, that that's the biggest concern on offense, I think, right now. I don't think it's the quarterback. And it's, I think it is the quarterback position just feels like something that it's eventually going to work itself out. And I assume it works itself out um, by the time they play Kansas State. But doesn't matter who's behind, who's in the backfield. If there is no pass block, no run block, um, they're in for trouble. Just to add some statistics behind that, in the article you said pro football focus grades OSU's pass blocking a 64.7, ranking the Cowboys 76 in Division One football. Run blocking ranked 75th with a 61.2 grade. Looking at that and hearing those statistics, is this something that they can improve this season, seeing as how this is was their focus the offseason? Is it the personnel they have in there? Is it the scheme, the concepts? Is this something that they can improve on in this season, or is this just what we're stuck with for the year? Yeah, I think if you're if you're a pessimist, you say this is just what they're stuck for this year, right? right. I think I'll, I will offer a glimmer of hope, Juwan. I think it was about Late third quarter, start of the fourth quarter, OSU kind of shit some guys around that offensive line uh, against South Alabama, and you know they 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 were able to string together a seventeen play, eighty four yard drive, and there were guys just kind of moved around. They switched it up, and and it seemed to to kind of click. Um, and so I would say, you know, that's something that. 
I, I don't know if that's just situationally it worked or if that's something they can use going forward that they think that that, that helps maybe ignite this offensive line better. But, um, yeah, no, I think it's still a real concern. And I, I think especially after, you know, this game, K-State, you'll have a much better grasp of if this can actually be fixed. Looking at looking at the receivers as we go down the list, um, how do you feel they match up against this Iowa State secondary? Yeah, you know, I, I think they'll be all right. Um, I think the biggest concern for OSU is not so much what they're matching up against, but if Dazon Stribling is able to play. Um, he he left in the uh, on the first drive against South Alabama, took a kind of an awkward hit to the lower back. Um, didn't return to the game, but Mike Gundy said he's progressing fine. And, and that's going to be really, if he's back, they're able to move the ball somewhat efficiently in the past game. I think all three of, of those quarterbacks have kind of, <clears throat> have kind of found their, their rhythm with, with him and, uh, and Jaden Bray seems to kind of be coming along too. He was a guy that got talked about a lot in the offseason. Um, he's kind of living up. He's the leading receiver right now um, in terms of passing yards. But I, I think it's going to be more about personnel and who's ready to go uh, than necessarily what they're matching up against in Ames. It's funny because we, you know, spending so much time talking about this quarterback position and the improvement on the offensive <laughs> offensive line, it can be argued that Iowa State's offense is probably worse than OSU's at, at this current state. When you look at their their quarterback, Rocco Beck, I mean, 62% completion percentage, four touchdowns, three interceptions in the month of September. What are we looking at when it comes to how Brian Nardo's defense matches up against their passing attack? Yeah, I was, I mean, if, if if you're having the conversation of whose offense is worse, I mean, Iowa State is probably the only other <laughs> one in the Big 12 that, that you could say is worse than OSU's right now. Um, and that, I mean, they're dealing with off the field issues. Most, a lot of their, Star guys are are not playing. You know, Hunter Decker's the the incumbent quarterback. He's not he's not there because of off the field stuff. And same with their starting running back. So, uh, point being, you know, this once again, I think the theme for OSU this this week is you have to rebound, right? Mm-hmm. You have to put together a good all just just doesn't even need to be great, just good all around performance. I think that kind of puts the fires out just enough to to kind of get you into the bye week, and then you can really kind of tinker and fix and hopefully have a better product, right? Um, so yeah, I, I think this is that's why I say if you're starting conference play, if you're going to play anybody, this is probably the, the you get a pretty good draw with it with starting against Iowa State because yeah, this offense is not great and that kind of gives OSU secondary or OSU's defense as a whole you know after allowing 33 points to maybe catch their breath get some of that confidence back and and have a good outing um to hit the bye week I want to ask you I want to ask you a two-part question it's in the same vein but 
What do you feel a win would do for this Oklahoma State team? And on the opposite end, coming off the loss against South Alabama, what would a loss do to the to the confidence of this team? Yeah, I think a win, like I just said, that puts out the fire. You need to put out the fire right now. Um, you know, the fans have their pitchforks out, rightfully so, because that was not a great game on Saturday. And so I think if you come out and – you know, I don't think you need to, if you're OSU, I don't think you need to necessarily, you know, kick in Iowa State's teeth. But if you can have just a good game, kind of run away with it a little bit, that puts you at 3-1. and You're hitting the bye week ahead of probably the second biggest game on OSU's schedule. And that gives you enough time to get rested. I mean, this is the week after Saturday. That week is going to be kind of make or break for some of these bigger issues to fix um, simply because you now have the time to do that. And then, um, but a loss, uh, I'll say, Juwan, it would take a lot for me to move the concern level up to a 10. But if they lose against Iowa State, I think we might have to move the concern level up to a a 10 on the scale of 1 to 10. Um, (laughs) Because, yeah, then, I mean, the... The confidence in in OSU is is pretty low right now. A loss against Iowa State, I mean, that tank it even worse. And then you you know at least after South Alabama, after getting whooped by South Alabama, you at least get to play another game the following week. If you if you suffer a bad loss at Iowa State, and then you got a week you know two weeks before you play again, yeah, it's not not ideal at all. Given given the state of the team, do you feel like OSU is in a position where they can dictate how they win? And when I say that, I mean that not only should they win, but they should kind of win in a convincing fashion. If it's a struggle, ugly win, are you still concerned or are you just happy they get the win at that point? Yeah, I think uh, I think I'll go back to what I've said the whole year. I think OSU could win six set or seven, eight, nine games, even maybe, but they will be seven, eight, nine of the ugliest games you've ever seen, right? <laughs> and I think you know sometimes it's been brought up a little bit, like, oh, well, OSU started really slow and they didn't play that great back in twenty twenty one, and they went on to the Fiesta Bowl, right? But what OSU had that year, they don't have this year, right? The, you know, back in 2021, they had a, a nationally renowned defense. Um, they don't have that this year, right? I, th- I think bringing in Brian Nardo, and that's going to be, it, it's going to take a while for that defense to get comfortable and to get the, it's going to take years. Well, I say years, it might take a year or two to, to really get that defense to the point where it could carry OSU to a, you, you know, where the defense could carry OSU. This is on the offense, right? You, you know, this is, the coordinator's been around a while. You've got a lot of veteran guys, especially you got a lot of veteran guys on the offensive line, which is even, I mean, to go back to our offensive line conversation, that's even more concerning that, um, it's not where it, it should be, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you've got talent at wide receiver. You've got, you know, Brandon Presley, Tazon Stribling's 
has been as good as advertised um, out of the portal. And Jaden Bray looks like he's coming along. And you got talented running backs. And, you know, maybe your quarterback play is average. But point being, the, the, the offense needs to, to, to kind of be – the offense needs to carry like the defense did in 2021. And, and if they get it clicking and they catch momentum and they're able to build off of it, then, then maybe they can um have have an all right season but but at this current moment you know i it's it's tough i know we briefly touched on it a little bit when we were just talking about the issues that iowa state is dealing with off the field and you wrote about that earlier this week in your article sports gambling impact continues to rise in college football and is highlighted this weekend can you kind of Tell us a little bit about what that article was referencing and how do you feel is has affected this game heading into this weekend? Yeah, so I mean, if we go back to March, I think it was March, uh, yeah, Alabama had to fire their their baseball coach um, for for illegal gambling. And then you've got what's going on in the state of Iowa that's touched Iowa and Iowa State and um you know, by proxy, it's touched Oklahoma State because they brought in a, an Iowa wide receiver who got caught up in it uh, this offseason. So point being, as accessibility and and convenience and, and all that make gambling easier, right? And and it's become such a big business. It's obviously trickled down to, to college athletics and, and it's kind of started, it's impacted the game off the field and Iowa State is is in the throes of it right now and that's why they don't have somebody like Hunter Deckers at quarterback or Jareel Brock at running back and they're they're missing some offensive linemen too so yeah over the summer um Big 12 media days I talked to as many head coaches as I could uh just about like hey what's the concern level how do you guys kind of handle this and and I just been kind of sitting on that, waiting for this week to to show up, and uh, so yeah, that's where that story kind of came from. And it seems like the solution is education, right? Um, from a team by team standpoint, you need to let kids know what they can and can't. You know, if you want to go play blackjack at the local casino, that's fine. But the moment you're downloading, you know, the FanDuel or the DraftKings, and you're you're betting on your own games, that's that's where issues <laughs> come in, you know. You know, I mean, everybody knows the the Pete Rose story, and that's uh, you know, however long ago. And this is not the first time college athletics, is, especially, has been touched by this. But this is kind of just the next wave of it, the next chapter of it. And uh, so, yeah, I, I thought it'd be pretty interesting to highlight and talk to people about it. Yeah, for sure. And if you guys haven't read that that article, I encourage everyone to to for sure give that get out a good read because. I mean, not just in college football, just in sports as a landscape. I mean, how much gambling has impacted parlays and how we view players and teams and the conspiracy theories people throw out there about different things is it's actually been incredible to see these past couple of years, just the just the rise of sports betting. But kind of going back to things on the field, it's prediction time. When we get into our predictions what do you feel this game ends as for OSU? Are we coming back on the podcast Tuesday with excitement on our face, or are we still concerned? Well, Juwan, do we dare 
read the predictions from uh, from last week? Do we dare go oh, over man. those? Those predictions made us look real silly. I mean, me in particular. So <laughs> you had. I'll give you this one. You you at least. You you went OSU would win twenty four to twenty one, um, so you at least considered South Alabama contending in this game, and they did more than <laughs> they ended up more than contending. But I went thirty to seventeen, so I was uh, much worse in that category. But this week, um, I'm going to say OSU at least takes a step towards improvement. If I don't see it this week, Juan, I, I will start I, I this is the last week i'll say there there might be some improvement um and so i think i'm gonna go 24 to 17 okay. on 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 saturday's game i'll say osu pulls it out by a touchdown um but more importantly i think they show some rebound in areas that need to show rebound i do side with you in the fact that when osu wins i believe it will be ugly wins. And with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to pick Oklahoma State 21 to 17 because Iowa State is just dealing with a lot. And as you said earlier, if there's any team in the Big 12 who has a worse offense than OSU, you found one in Iowa State. And they've and they've proved that. So I'm gonna stick with Oklahoma State 21 to 17 this week. And I believe we go into Next week's podcast, kind of better understanding where this quarterback group is, Um, because I also agree with you with the fact that this is the final week you have to do the the three quarterback rotation. I mean, it's 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 it after this. So I think we better understand where these quarterbacks are. I don't know if the offensive line will be able to have a quick turnaround like that where we'll see much improvement out of them. But I still I still trust in Oklahoma State to pull to pull a close one out. Twenty one to seventeen. Yeah, Joan, I agree with all your points there, and I'll even take it a step further. I think this is the last time OSU can go with three quarterbacks. Um, I, Unless this is what they want to do for the rest of the season, which I do not think it is what they want to do, um, this is it. This is your last. And I think the thing is, I think you just need clarity. And I think that's why so many people are, are upset about this, is there's no clarity at it. Um because you can say, well, you know, you can say, well, everybody's stats are close. So how would you separate them? I think it's just it it, it has become more than it should have. Yeah, everybody knew it was going to be a big deal when they were when they wanted to play all three quarterbacks. But I think it's just turned. It has gotten too messy. And so this is it. I think you got to cut it off after this. You know what? And I, I can make this the final question because I was just kind of thinking about it when we both con- when we both agreed on the point that this is the final week that you can go three quarterbacks. Is there still any advantage to going with Alan Bowman? Like, why not just go with the with the younger guy now? Yeah, well, I think with Alan Bowman, the he he has the ultimate advantage over the other two. And that's age and experience, right? Right. But there's obviously going to be rust because he didn't play the past two years. He, you know, he was quarterback three, quarterback four up at Michigan. So there's that, there's that rust and that, you know, he, he's missed those two years and it's going to take time. But I think he still has the knowledge and the experience that the other two don't. 
And so it really, and this is the point that we, we were making back in fall camp, Jawan, decide what you feel is important. If you feel it is important to have that veteran presence, go with Alan Bowman. If you don't feel that's important and you want to maybe look toward the future, go with one of the other two. But it's once again, I think it's part of it is how are they performing? And the other part of it is what are you trying to accomplish at quarterback? And so I think everybody sees, everybody sees it. I think now it's just decide what you want. Yeah. And I, and I had totally agreed with that point up until the quarterback position wasn't figured out before conference play. I think, if you go into conference play knowing that Alan Bowman is your guy, then I got you. I'm I'm on your side because the experience, the knowledge, like he's giving you an upper hand as you get into conference play. But now that we're here and we're still trying to figure this thing out, I'd rather just toss it to the younger guy now and just say, Gunner Gundy, just go ahead and take me there. Let's see, let's see what we have this year. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree, Juan. All right, we got any final comments, Dean? I don't think so. Uh, we'll, we'll have a post. Well, I will have the post game pod uh, Saturday. I know right. a lot of you guys like tuning into that. You sent me quite a few emails with with your thoughts on the game. Um, so I will do that separate. Sorry, Juwan, I'm gonna have to. I'll have to go <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, I, I know you've got <laughs> more than enough to do back in back in the office, but um, so yeah, everybody, check, look out for that. We'll have that up Saturday evening because we. I don't know what to do, John. I mean, three o'clock kick this afternoon kick. That's the first time this season um, I've had to deal with that. So I don't know what I'm going to do with my evening. Uh, that, that's crazy. I'll have a Saturday evening to myself. Um, but no, hopefully we'll have that up Saturday little, evening. Hopefully, you can get a little sleep. Let's hope. Let's hope. I didn't get <laughs> sleep now on after the Arizona State game. I went straight to the airport. So uh, that that was a that was a fun experience. But we'll get some sleep on this trip. Um, so yeah, everybody just, just check out that, and uh, me and Juwan will get back together next Tuesday. All right, and again, we'd like to remind you all that podcasts are free to download. You can check us out on all streaming platforms. And to hear more about Dean's breakdown of Oklahoma State's game Saturday, visit TulsaWorld.com. And for another episode of the, o- the OSU Sports Extra podcast, it's been Juwan Lee and Dean Rule. We'll see you guys next week.